Love the control. Love the command. Love the space bar and the hard return. Love the words from East Leeds FM. So you are listening to Love the Words here in Studio One of Chapel FM Arts Centre, not on East Leeds FM, as Pam said on the jingle, and but to East Leeds Community Radio. That's the first time I've ever said that on air, and so it's historic uh, for me, uh, although it is out there. Um, we've changed our name because people were a bit confused about the FM. They said, how can we find you on our car radios and where, where can we twiddle the dial to? And, of course, we, we say we're on the internet. So why is it called FM, we say, they say? Well, we've changed the name to accommodate all you people out there who, who are grumbling about that. Um, we're here in, uh, in Studio One, as I say, with some lovely writers from Words Play. Uh, we've got uh, Tim Bending. Hello, Tim. Hello. Who's no stranger to Chapel FM. Been here before, yes. You have, indeed. And we've got Marl Greenwood. Hello. And you're no stranger. In fact, none of you are strangers. No, uh, <laughs> and Gail mostly. Hello, Gail. Hello. But we've also got Barney Barnsley, who is, uh, yeah, the, the instigator and facilitator and leader of Words Play. So, hi, Barney. Hello. Lovely to have you back, Words Play, on uh, Love the Words. And, um, yes, tell us a bit about, about Word Play again, Barney, just in case people don't know. Yeah. So, Word Play is an occasional uh, group who meet up online so I offer writing workshops online since the pandemic so um, and a lot of the people I'd already worked with through the Playhouse or other independent workshops um, and we go on Zoom and discuss a particular topic and then I set my writers to work and they have a whole day in which to produce two or three pieces of writing and then we reconvene and read what people have written on on Zoom again, and then a little anthology gets produced as well. Lovely stuff. It's a really lovely model. And and you say it came from the pandemic. It, it was did. generated from that. Absolutely, from isolation. So we couldn't meet face-to-face, -face, so everyone had to get up to speed with all the tech stuff. I'm very not up to speed, but I can do functional Zoom. That's what I can do. <laughs> Which is um, yeah. all you need. Yeah, it is, actually. Um, and I didn't know if it would work, but people enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed it. Um, and so it's kept going. Post-pandemic, mm. here we still are. Still meeting on Zoom every so often. Different subject matters. Uh, and it's a very lovely thing to do together. I mean, Mark, you've, have you been involved with Wordplay for a while? I've had one or two times when I've not been involved, but um, on and off, yes, I have, yes. And that model, how does it suit you? Oh, it suits me very well, because um, I think once I, I was looking after my grandchildren, I, I, could <laughs> I had to uh, sort of shove them out of the way somewhere, and, um, uh, and yet it didn't matter because they were doing their own thing. And I just like the idea of being given prompts, which Barney does very, very brilliantly, and um, to to 
you know, be able to write at home in my own time. So, um, you know, we, ha we have a lot of time, actually, uh, before we reconvene, don't we? Yes, it's good. And you can intersperse it with other things, with yes. the grandchildren or with other yes. things in gardening or, yes. or thinking time, actually, just wandering about, which is, of course, in a writing group is harder to do. Mm. And also the writing groups don't often last all day. So that's it's a great model. Mm. Um, so, Bonnie, do you want to say something about the theme and also about how you approach that theme? So the theme prompted by you, actually, and I'm sure you'll have more to say about this, uh, perhaps a bit later on, uh, was chosen, yes, was chosen by you this time rather than by me. It's missing. So just one word, missing. So I had a little think and it was, I found it very elusive. <laughs> I found that word missing very, very elusive to begin with. Uh, and then whittled it down into three particular areas. So an object, something that might be missed or is missing, um, a person who might be missing someone, um, and a place somewhere. So something, someone, and somewhere, and then asked people to write uh, pieces of prose and or poetry around those basic themes. And as usual, they came up with very beautiful things. Yeah. Gail, did you find the theme fruitful? Um, I did, yes. Uh, I always like um, the first ten minutes or so when we do free writing... And, we do, and you just put your pen on the paper and, and write and all the ideas because it's, it's, um, it's a topic which has so many connections and different um, ways of looking at it, really. So it was nice just, just to uh, brainstorm to start with. And then you can pick out the bits later to, to put into, into more formal sort of writing. Yeah. And Tim, how about you? Well, I, I started the day with a complete blank because the theme of missing is so broad it can mean so much in anything and I thought I, I'd probably listen in but I wouldn't write anything but there's something about Barney giving it structure focusing us as to content and form that kind of kicks me into gear and helps me solve the puzzle of what words to come up with that fit the requirements and it's that aspect that I value most. Lovely stuff. Well, um, Missing is indeed the theme of Writing On Air this year. And um, yeah, Writing On Air is our, is our festival that happens every year. We're in our seventh year of Writing On Air. Elliot works very hard, so do I, and so does everybody else who contributes. We usually have about 60 contributors or uh, 60 programs um, but they're often groups and we have often 200 people or more taking part in the festival uh, so um, and, and and all the programs are around the theme of missing this year and it takes place this is of an obvious plug in the trail uh, on the 24th of November over two weekends this time instead of four or five days in a in a row so 24th 25th of November and then the second 3rd of December, 2nd and 3rd of December. And yeah, so far it's really interesting how people have approached the theme of missing from these things, from missing objects, persons, places, to missing buildings, missing sculptures. Somebody's written a poem for our print anthology about the brick man, of course, who is notoriously missing from Leeds, uh, or from missing, missing letters or notes in music. Um, so it's, it's been really interesting how people have approached 
the theme of missing. Um, and it will be fascinating to hear what you've done here too. So, yeah, we're going to hear some readings now uh, from the, the readers and, and writers in the room. You're going to be reading pieces that aren't necessarily your own, but also other people's. Yeah, is that right, Barney? That's right, yeah. Yeah. And I think we're going to have some music that I always give stimulus at the beginning of a, of a workshop and I always give pieces of music, pieces of writing, published writing um, and visual stimuli as well. So the music that we're going to hear is a piece of music that I offer to people uh, at the very beginning of the day. Fantastic. Well, let's hear a bit of that music now and then we'll go straight into the readings. So we're going to read um, around the theme of something, first of all. And the first piece is called Mother, and it's by Joan Bosomworth, and it's read by Marg. Mother. It's still in the bookcase, the thick brown book by Florence B. Jack. Cookery for every household. My daughter tells me it would make good money. I googled it, and it would, but I wouldn't sell it. On the front cover is the inscription, To Lily from Mother, 1955. She passed it on when I married, and since she died, it's been my link to her and my grandma. As I turn its pages, I remember her baking simnel cake gingerbread, bonfire toffee and mince pies. My childhood is in there. Mem memories of my first home, now demolished. The next piece is a poem and it's called Candlelight. It's by Tamara McClaug and it's read by Gail. Candlelight. A candle flutters and dances through the night. She wonders where did her heart hide? Her mind lost, searching for a life that slipped away. She recalls a kiss blistering her lips. Opportunities lost in the burning flame. <clears throat> Echoes of music capturing drunken dreams, swirling in spirals of yesterday. 
hands entwined in shadows, searching for carved names written on stone. Memories of whispered promises in the glow of light, weaving patterns that were once delights. Translucent ghosts gather to protect the flickering flames and her shame. Through darkness, her body reaches for the warmth of a lost embrace. Drops of dew from the grey dawn mingle with tears on her body of stone. As the sun shines through, she breathes a sigh, and she rises to let another day go by. The next piece is about a favourite childhood object. It's called Neddy, and it's by Mary Holmes, and it's read by Tim. Neddy. Feeling down? Stroke here. Feeling good? Sit tight and spin those wheels. A comforting touch. Always up for a cuddle. The joy of movement tickling my imagination with new possibilities. Arms around your neck. The feel of your solid frame as I share with you my deep secrets. Your benign smile. Always comforting. No challenge, just unquestioning care. You could never know the gut-wrenching pain at the sadness of your loss. Where did you get sent to, Neddy? I will never know. Nor will I ever forget the comfort and fun we shared, the sheer joy you gave without conditions. Neddy, my panda on wheels. So our second approach was to think about somebody, somebody missing for whatever reason. And a first poem is called Father, and it's by Margaret Bending, and it's read by Gail. Father, my tiny hand engulfed in yours, <clears throat> warm and strong and safe. Shoulders broad for perching on and crying on. Never judging, always there. Those school plays you never missed. The grins and hugs that said, well done. The tears of pride at graduation. The love that I could count upon. If only. Instead, a single sepia image of a man I never knew. And now we have four readings um, by the authors themselves. And the first one is from me, and it's called Stone Hearted. Through the kitchen window, on a concrete slab in the yard, sits an old stone, quietly brooding. He brought it to shore for her, one lost and distant spring, on some windswept, barer beach before the storms rolled in. And in the drawer, a floral summer shirt, roughly folded, such terrible taste in clothes he had, but she cannot throw it away. Faded photos bleaching in the hot sun. That comedy hat he wore in the hospice, laughing at the impunity of dying. A ring of white etched into the stone's contours that says, you will come back. But everyone knows this cannot be true, and no one better than he. This next poem is by me, Marg Greenwood, 
and it's called Our Last Walk. And there's a reference to the wharf, the River Wharf, um, and uh, it, it's actually set, if you like, in Ilkley. Our Last Walk. Not up to much today, she said. Her two sticks wobbled as we checked for the dipper under the bridge. He's got a lovely song, she said. He wasn't there today, so we cracked on, wharf in spate, sun spattered. It's dead, she said, as we stood before the grey monkey puzzle, circled by its patch of grass in the cemetery. I won't be buried here, she said, as we stopped by winter aconites, choirboy ruffs of green around their sunbright flowers. We crossed the footbridge, headed for the dipper again, swapping mud for grass. Where's my other stick? she said. I ran back and she went on to walk back home alone with one. I found the other propped against a gravestone next to snowdrops, heads bowed. Four weeks later, my own head bowed. My grandmother was born in 1890 and died in 1975. She was born about 70 years before me, so I only ever knew her as a old person. And she formed the basis for my poem, Granny. Weekly ritual, mothballs and scent, kiss the parchment cheek, Hug the bones in the faded sitting room of boredom. Fidget under adult cup clinking drone. Surrender excitedly to kitchen sirens where shabby yellow cupboards guard ever special treasure. Sit cross-legged, open them, explore. Extract jumbled saucepans across the floor. Count, arrange and slowly replace them. Hear the vanished accent, its old, old voice. Half Royal, half East End. It's time for you to go. In another place, bedridden, she smiles. It's my time to go. Some Things I Kept, by Gail Mosley, read by Gail. <clears throat> this was based on thinking about things that my mother had left in her bungalow when she went into care and I was tasked with trying to decide which ones to keep. Some things I kept. The mirror on the bathroom wall. Two serving spoons, best quality. The yucca plant I watered faithfully, thinking you'd be home again. The brasses that we cleaned together Fridays after school the Barnard Castle picture you embroidered in those hard-up days. A pure wool rug from Otterburn you chose in easier times. For all the rest I couldn't keep. Forgive me now. 
So we've heard a lot of poems, but I also invited people to write prose and also invited them to dream, really, of uh, forgotten places or dreamlike places. Um, and what you're about to hear is a remembered place seen through the prism of a particular object. It's called A Single Earring, and it's by Margaret Halsey, and it's read by Marg. A single earring. In my collection of earrings, there are some which are now single because their other half has been lost. One in particular makes me stop and ponder as I still remember my irritation when its partner disappeared on a bus journey home from town. It is rather unusual because I bought it when I was travelling in New Zealand five years ago. It is shaped like a fish hook in a wonderful shade of blue and green known as mountain jade. As soon as I saw the earring again, memories of journeys down under came flooding back. Coach trips through unspoiled rural landscapes, a journey through a forest where we were stopped by a fallen tree and an expedition on a boat to see dolphins swimming through an unusual formation of rocks. There was a fascinating visit to thermal springs, encounters with a black swan. A sense of safety and adventure, always held in delicate balance. In Maori culture, the fish hook is seen as a symbol of prosperity, power and good fortune bringing good luck when travelling across the water. Sometimes it is worn as a pendant to offer protection. So my abandoned single earring might discover a new lease of life on a silver chain round my neck, keeping me safe when I decide to travel again. So the last piece we're going to hear is like a prose poem and it's about the elusive quality, nothing more elusive than a rainbow. So dreaming somewhere over the rainbow, if you like. It's called Rainbow. It's by Madeline Andrews and it's read by Tim. Rainbow. The rainbow hesitates, reflective, an experiment in the gracious interplay of light and raindrops. Clouds slowly pass, questioning a big story ranging far beyond my small calculation of cause and effect. There is a wide picture, if I dare to look. The rainbow paints a way of thinking, hoping. Its outlines gently melt away, its colours fade, absorbed in the panorama of broad wonder. Thus is love dispersed. Nothing is lost. All offers itself to the possibility of transformation. So that was Writers from Wordplay reading some really lovely pieces from work they've been doing with Barney online. Um, and some of these pieces are, are being published in our Missing Anthology. It's not a Missing Anthology. It's, not, it's, it's an anthology on the theme of missing and that will be out and published and hard copy and be able to you'll be able to grasp it in your sweaty sweaty mitts at the end of no probably no before that mid-november we'll have a, a launch as part of writing on air um but yeah barney so in terms of the process here 
I mean, you you you've led lots and lots of workshops and and writing sessions, but is there something special about this day long online thing? I think there is really. <clears throat> uh, I think some of it has to do with the liberty it gives people, so they can just go away, as people were saying earlier, and do their own thing and forget all about it, and it goes back into the subconscious and. Um, so there's that. It's it's quite free floating, but also I'm keen to hold it. So so I do actually give them um, quite direct instructions, which they are then free to and often do disobey. <laughs> but the um, the poems. So a lot of the poems. Some of the poems we heard today are twelve lines. So I gave that that direction, which is twelve lines non-rhyming think of objects or associations to do with a particular person and that was kind of it and then extraordinary things pop into people's heads and I think also as Gail was saying getting people to free write so that free association thing I'm becoming more and more a fan of that um just getting people literally to put their pen on the paper and not lift the pen up. So physically stay connected and do not censor it. Do not censor it. Just write, 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 write. It's not for publication. It's not for anyone to hear. But what comes out of that is very interesting. It's like almost like a dream state. And obviously, if you do that for a longer period of time, the more that happens, the deeper you can go. Um, but even just doing it for five, ten minutes, unusual things <laughs> come to the surface, which, as Gail was saying, they may choose to then read that transcript, that, that raw material, and perhaps a light on a particular image, or it just takes their minds in a direction they didn't think it was going to go. So I think that's a very interesting uh, way to approach it. And did you just give them the word missing to free write yes. with? Yeah, okay. Gail, yes. how was that for you? Yeah, that was great. And it, and then having the twelve line poem structure given, that was that was also good because the ideas that were floating around could then find find a home fairly quickly, you know, because I didn't have days and days to sort it out but 12 lines is manageable and um you know that worked so that worked really well yeah how about you tim the free writing the free writing does help to start off because as i said before i start the day thinking i've got nothing to write i've got nothing to say i don't know why i'm doing this i could be doing something else i could do the gardening or something um but words do come and if you've got the discipline to keep the pen to the paper thoughts appear mm. and you've got the discipline to follow them which isn't don't always want to do but just write them down one thing leads to something else yeah. and that follows for me through the day as well when i was writing the poems one thought led to another thought mm. uh, especially about my my grandmother the, and the biggest thing remembrance of her i have now is the way she spoke uh, which was a curious blend of very posh and very East London, which I thought was just her until I heard a few years ago on the radio someone else talking about their parents who lived in the same area. And it made me think, accents just go missing, we lose them. 
Some accents are beautiful, and now they're gone. Yeah, I noticed that in the poem. I like that. The kind of the strange kind of hybrid of those two yeah. things. Fascinating. And it must also be lovely to hear what other people have done with the theme. So at the end of the day, Mark, what was that like for you to hear other people's writing? Well, actually, I'm going to slightly change your question. I, I've been fascinated by the two poems which I have read which aren't mine. Right, is that all right to answer? You can say anything you want. You'll break the <laughs> rules anyway. Um, uh, Joan's, um, Joan's poem, which was about her, her cookery book that she, she um, uh, had from, from her mother, I realised how much food um, is, is very much part of um, one's daily life and how, you know, a mother's cookbook must be very, very, very special. Very, very special. I've got one that I... Not from my mother, but from a friend back at home um, who who made up all these sorts of recipes and sent them to me, and I put them in a, in a special book, and I just love it. I just love it. One of the recipes says, take lid off box <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> and also, I thought of Margaret's, uh, Margaret House's um, poem about... Um, about new, the the um, single earrings, and I thought, I wonder if Margaret, I shall have to have a word with her, realised that the fish hook symbol in Maori culture, which she sort of likens her um, her single earring to, um, it's almost like a beckoning sound, beckoning sort of thing, like a, a finger beckoning, beckoning, and she, mm -hmm. she, you know, and beckoning her back to New Zealand. Don't you think? Nice. Yes, yeah. nice. Yes, mm. that'd be interesting to know what that was in her mind. What, that yeah. was in her mind, yeah. Yeah, lovely. Mm. And to go back to my question, is it, you know, does it, I mean, for anybody really to answer, yeah, I'm, I'm just imagining how that feels. You've been working on your own material all day and suddenly in response to that theme you hear what other people have done. It must be rather lovely. Tim, what about you? Hearing what other people have written is always a surprise because... Um, maybe I get carried away with my own thoughts and I say, well, this is the way it is, so I'll write about this. Yeah. And, and other people's ideas are completely different. Yeah. So it always takes me a while to think, oh, yes, it does fit into missing. Hmm. So that's that's interesting reflection. I suppose it's, re it's re reflection for me on how I think. Um, hmm. They just Their ideas make me realise, oh, gosh, I've been a bit narrow-minded. I could have looked at this differently. Well... That's so slightly self-deprecating. Self <laughs> yeah, I think so. We all think in different ways. It, well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like for me, certainly, uh, uh, unusually, I've written something for this, but don't generally. It's uh, my job is to hold the space, if you like. Yeah, okay. And then I'm always astonished by what comes up. It's always a gift, you know. I just feel that people are so inventive and imaginative, um, and truthful. Actually, there's a, there is a great power I, I don't know whether it's because these people know each other quite well though we're not in the same room so everybody's in their own space or or what it is but there is to me an authenticity about the work that gets produced that I find so moving um, each time each time that's true whatever the subject matter is People are very true to themselves and to the subject um, and beautiful things emerge. 
Absolutely, as we've heard this afternoon, and poignant too. I mean, I think the, the theme of missing... Uh, with three years after the pandemic, we we all lost a great deal, not just in terms of people, but other things too. I think we maybe gained other things, <laughs> like the like this whole form of wordplay came out of it and was generated by that the exigency of that moment. But um, yeah, a lot of poignancy, but also lots of humour too. <laughs> so um, we we must we must end there. I can see the young people coming into studio too to produce. Uh, their lovely program, uh, Team Music. So, um, yeah, I just want to say a few things before we finish, uh, before I thank the writers of Wordplay. Um, if you are interested in, in making a program for writing on air, there is still plenty of time to do that. So if you are, if you want to make a program with somebody else or on your own, you've got an idea that relates to missing, um, just contact me. Um, Peter at chapelfm.co.uk Peter at chapelfm.co.uk So just, just write to me and it's not too late to come to a meeting. We shall usually every second Monday. The next one is next Monday, in fact. Just come along, you can join on Zoom or just email me. It doesn't matter if you can't make a meeting. Um, so the more the merrier. We usually have, as I say, up to 60 programmes. It's, it's, a, it's a lovely thing. So do, do if you are listening to this and want to make a programme, don't hesitate, get in touch. Also, uh, this is the second Love the Words of the new season, season number five. We're on episode number 229, I believe. So it's, uh, we've been going a while. Uh, as Elliot knows, <laughs> and um, and we will continue to go on every week. That's something that came out of the pandemic. You know, we weren't going every week, were we? We were sort of like every twice a month, and now it's every week, and that's lovely. So if you're listening and you've got a, write, uh, a book that you've been writing that you want to try something out, you've got radio drama that you want to try out, uh, something you want to publicise, then just get in touch. That's what, we, that's what we're about. We're here for that very reason. And also just to say that we... There's a writing group that starts here tomorrow on a Wednesday afternoon, one o'clock till two thirty. That's very much uh, uh, about writing on in the in the moment. A um, few few of you've been along, in fact, and you've been part of that. Um, uh, so, I mean, if 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 you're interested in joining that, again, email me. The first one's tomorrow. You can just turn up if you like, Chapel FM. And finally. Something that isn't about us necessarily, but we are connected with it contains strong language. The Poetry and Performance Festival run by the BBC is coming to Leeds this weekend. Plenty on. Um picture of Testament on the on the cover. Bless him. He's done stuff with us in the past before. So a lot of actually a lot of the writers who've who've come uh to uh, some writers who've come to Chapel FM are uh, in there, but also masses of uh national profile writers as well. Lots of fantastic events and all bro broadcast on the BBC, a lot of them are anyway. So have a look at go online, have a look at you can download the programme or these programmes in hard copy are, are lying around here and there throughout the city. That's that. Us for Love the Words on East Leeds Community Radio. I must get used to saying that. Cause, and, and correct also all the jingles. That must now be different. Um, <laughs> but, hey, that's progress. Thanks, Elliot, for being on the desk. Thank you, Tim, Barney, Gail and Marg for being here. Thank this you. Lovely to have you. you. Come back soon. Thanks. Love the control. Love the command. Love the space bar and the hard return. Love the words from East Leeds FM. Love the words.